This is an Onomi podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Growing Up With Me. I'm Devin Werkheiser. Um, my sister just had a baby yesterday, and it's fucking magical, man. I am so excited. Like, I love my family a lot, and we're super um, spread out in the world. My sister lives in Australia. Uh, my mom and dad are in different states. My family's all in different states. So we live very spread out, but I love my family. And knowing that it just got bigger and that my life is now forever different because my niece is now in it um, is really moving for me right now. And I, I just feel really uh, grateful and excited for everyone in my family and my sister and myself. Um, and that feels really good. And uh, yeah, today on the pod, uh, I talk with my old friend, Kendall Schmidt. He's an amazing musician and actor. Um, he is part of the boy band, Big Time Rush, um, who... Big Time Rush was a show created by the Ned's Declassified creator, Scott Fellows. And so Kendall and I knew each other um, for years as teenagers while I was on Ned's, all of that. Um, and then years after Ned's was done, Kendall got booked on Big Time Rush and I knew he was about to have an incredible experience getting to work for Scott Fellows. Um, and his show was a little different because there was a band involved that has carried to now. They just went on tour. They're back making new music. Um, Kendall and I talk about that. The band uh, growing up. We talk about uh, pooping a little bit. So enjoy that. Enjoy that bit. Um, Kendall had a lot of great things to say. And I always love seeing and, and talking with him and just feeling his energy kind of since I've known him as a teenager, he's always just been a really kind, even-keeled, grounded person, um, and that carries through to now, and I'm glad to know him and glad to talk with him and glad I get to share it with you guys as well. So enjoy. Uh, make sure you smash that subscribe, follow button, download it, rate us on Spotify and Apple. You know, this is a new podcast, so to get it out there as much as we can, uh, we appreciate all your shares and likes and follows and all that good stuff. Uh, we're on TikTok, uh, Instagram, uh, all the things. So find Growing Up With Devin. And uh, thanks for being here. Enjoy the conversation with Kendall Schmidt. I've been living in the shadows. Hey, man. <laughs> It's been a while. It has been a while. Your beard looks exceptional. You know, I really need a fucking haircut. Yeah. It's it's getting I mean, I'm ridiculous. not saying yeah, you do. I mean like, yeah, like I relate. Yeah, I need a trim, I need a cut. I was I was growing it out um cuz I'm getting ready to finish a movie that I need the beard for, uh -huh. but but the date keeps getting pushed as So the beard does. keeps getting longer. So the beard keeps getting longer and now it's outgrowing what my character I got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks nice. Thanks, man. You've always been able to grow a nice beard. Decent beard. Yeah. You don't know until, uh, you know, you reach the point where you can grow a beard if you'll be able to or not because it's all fucking genetics. Yeah. Well, I'm the bearded guy in the band. Are you? You're that. At least the only one who can 
grow a decent beard. Everyone and else I get is a lot patchy. of shit for it. I get a lot of shit for it. Dude, come on, you gonna shave? I'm like, no. No, I'm the bearded one. <laughs> I'm the bearded guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Everyman. Exactly. <laughs> we can't all look like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be James Mouse. Yeah, no, he looks good. Dude. Yeah, he looks, good. he looks fresh, like a model. He does look good. Yeah. You're keeping it organic. For I'm keeping everyone. it organic, yes, in all ways. Honestly, yeah, you, you, that's kind of your thing, right? I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, cool. Um, it's great to see you. We, I haven't seen you, you in uh, a while since I think I showed up on your porch during the pandemic yep. when things were still weird and we were staying distant. Right. Remember you said, I need, does anyone have guitar strings or something? I don't know. Maybe it was the supply chain. I don't know what it was. It was hard to get guitar strings or maybe something like that. But yeah. I was like, I have boxes of guitar strings you're like oh i'll take a box and i was like no i mean like i have like a 30 sleeve you just take the whole sleeve yeah and i still have them you still i'm sure yeah i still have the ones i have i really appreciated that i i forget why i needed it so suddenly and couldn't go get them but uh you hooked it up maybe um guitar center was closed at the time i think i think it was something like that businesses were closed or something this was mm, like but i was in business I was in business. Kendall's guitar, Kendall's Kendall's guitar, guitar string shop was Kendall's in business. Kendall's guitar string emporium. Um, so for people who don't know, uh, Kendall and I, I mean, we grew up together. We grew yeah. up as, we, we, we spent our teenage years. Right. We go back as far as you can, well, I mean, not you know to babies. But yeah, not to babies, but like young, young teenage dudes in L.A. Uh, out here learning guitar, acting, auditioning, smoking weed. Smoking weed, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we both got to be on shows and spend years of our lives with Scott Fellows. We did. What a pleasure. Yeah. So Scott Fellows, who created Ned's Declassified, um, his show after Ned's Declassified was a little show called Big Time Rush. Was that the next one that he... I think he did like an animated something. Right. But Big Time Rush was the next The hit. next, yeah. The next Scott Fellows smash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the story was they were looking for a music thing. Yes. Nickelodeon was looking for a music thing, and and they asked him to just come up with something. Yeah. And he's like, I got it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> and he came up with uh, Big Time Rush, the boy band. Right. And now you guys have carried on till present day. Oh, my gosh. And in between, so much... Uh, just a lot. Up, down. I mean, all of the above. It was like... it feels weird being back now because it feels like um just like old times yeah but uh then sometimes i have to like remind myself like oh wait there was like a lot of uh in between yeah because you guys filmed the show for three years four three four something like that yeah four maybe five i don't know we're still touring and making music after the show for a bit a little bit right yeah and then you guys took a huge gap in between. Yeah, they kind of ended at the same time. Um, maybe we did one more tour after our last episode. Cool. It was a South American tour, I think. Yeah. That was the last one. And then that was 2000, I want to say 14, I don't know, um, maybe 13. And yeah, then in between there, I did have Front Drive and can continue to try to tour and make music and ups and downs and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Everything but fell in love. Yes, you know, which is the most important part of it. But yep. um, yeah, it's been really, uh, it's been really fun getting back together. It's just kind of trippy. How did it? How did coming back together like happen? Because you guys just went on tour. <clears throat> yeah, we just went on tour. Um, 
we start, well, I've sort of always been, I may, the guys would probably say this as well, that I've been the most sort of like pokey about, come on guys, like, let's do this. This yeah. is great. Like, I just know people are going to love it and people did love it. And I'm assuming they're going to still, some will still love it. And, yep. and then we can grow even further. And we've talked, we talked a lot about it over the years, I had many conversations. If I was seeing each one of the guys that would come up once in a while, um, and then we actually seriously started talking about it um, in 2019. Mm. And then really like established, okay, we're doing this and here's our team and blah, blah, blah in uh, December. And then the pandemic, and then the world <laughs> shut down. But it was kind of a weird um, blessing in a lot of ways because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's not, there's probably some people who don't have any silver linings to it, but there was a silver lining for us, which was, it gave us time to sort of figure out, okay, how is this actually going to work? Um, and then how, what, mu- what's new music going to sound like? Right. We did a lot of zoom sessions that no offense to anyone on them, but they just, I don't think anyone was really, you know, we all tried. <laughs> it just wasn't working. You tried to zoom session, zoom recording like, sessions. Oh no. Which you know how hard it is to write a song anyway. If sometimes, sometimes it isn't, but yeah, you know, well, and with four dudes and lining up singing and lag and well, yeah, Zoom, people are like <laughs> terrible when people start doing like the making up melodies. Yeah, with other people, and then there's like four or five different yeah lags that people go. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to hit a harmony, and you're like, but oh my god, I got to get out of here! Your fucking mind. Terrible. Um, so give us some time to figure that out, and then by the time, <laughs> by the time everything calmed down a bit, we started doing in person sessions again, cool, which cool, cool. made it all happen. But the whole process was like. Um, our first show was in December 2021, so two years later yeah, was when it actually came to fruition. Yeah, and how was being on tour? I saw some clips. You guys were in some, like, stadiums, it looked like, some big, some big, ones some on this big one, yeah. venues. Um, was this a Mexico tour or all North America? The first two shows in December were just two shows. Okay. We did a couple Jingle Balls as well. Okay, okay, um, okay. But it was, we didn't want to put a whole tour on sale without knowing, like, are, is anyone going to come? They back, yeah. You know? So we did the two shows sort of as like a, I don't know, will anyone show up? Yeah. And they sold out immediately. Amazing. So that was like, oh, okay, people are... They're here, they're People ready. are here, they're paying attention. Um, in the, and then in the meantime, the show got added to Netflix. We had nothing to do with that. They just added it. Oh, so that was timing. very lucky. Um, I think all of them did. Yeah, Ned's got up That was like too. a big, you know, I don't know, big, some big deal that Nickelodeon made or something like that. But, yeah, um, which we don't see a penny Which of. we don't see a penny <laughs> <of>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's okay. It's you fine. Know, that's it's fine. fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm doing fine now. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm fine now. Why are you worried? <laughs> um I'm so, having a garage sale next week. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hey, <man>. come. <laughs> Those can be pretty lucrative, actually, depending on what you got. That's right. So uh, the shows did really well, and then we said, okay, well, let's plan a, a tour tour. Yeah. And then that was 44 shows, which included three in Mexico. Whew. So it was 41 in the States, which was, again, you're there, and then you go, yeah, this is, like, totally normal. Yeah. Yeah, but just, like, being back on, you know, being back on the, well, I don't know, euphemism. Yeah, yeah. Bus. Yeah. Literally being yeah, back on back the bus. On the tour bus yeah. And um it was weird. I mean, it was like it all went so exceptionally well. Good. And had a great time and Good. You know, it was different getting back on the on the road again and Yeah. You know, I took my little creature comforts with me and yeah. all that kind of stuff and it was it was great. Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, life comes in these cycles. Uh, I think the older we get, 
the more you just get familiar with it. It's, I think I think it happens in any life, but especially when you're like pursuing creativity, it doesn't happen linearly, and it comes in these weird cycles where things return years later that you thought maybe were gone. Right. Will like they come style back in the same way. Yeah, like, <laughs> like style, like, like fashion comes yeah. in and out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and our lives like move like that. Uh, I mean, fuck. Right now, I'm like making a Ned's rewatch podcast and like reconnecting with Lindsay and Daniel from Ned's and like going over the show. And it's a trip to be like 20 years later, bringing back bringing it back this again. Audience, this time in our lives, like. And creating from it. Strange. Well, what I think is um, something I was just thinking about was like, would you even, would a person even relive something if it wasn't truly great? Mm. You know? And I think that's why you're doing that because clearly you had a great time. Yeah. If it was a really negative experience overall, you'd be like, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to get anywhere near it. And it's the same for the band where we had a great time. There were, of course, troubles and problems and conflict, arguments and sure. conflict of all sorts but like we had fun so it seemed like you know i don't have a problem reliving a good time again y- yes exactly you know yeah no if it was an awful experience like no you'd be leaving it yeah you're like i don't want to do it like all of your ex-girlfriends you right know? like <laughs> exactly I'm not i don't want to talk that. about that <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe it's just because i'm not very good at that that's a little <laughs> side note is that you know some people are really good about handling Oh yeah, this is my ex. You know, when they have their their new partner or their current partner or whatever, yeah. I've just never been good at that. I'm personally not either. I'm like, no, no, no. We had our time, and now our time is done. Yeah, <laughs> like Mika and I could run into like my 16 year old girlfriend, and I would still be like, Ugh, I don't want to. Okay, no, that's and too it's far. not. I wouldn't be awkward bad, about that. Not, no, not because they're a bad person. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just I'm really. Yeah, I'm oh, just not good at conflict. I dated her once. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh. Are you and Mika married? Did you guys get No, married? but we're engaged. Okay, congrats. Yeah, we're getting married. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's been a long time now. Yeah, we've been, uh, it's been like eight years or something like Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Yeah. Did she come on tour with you guys? She came for certain... Certain chunks of it? Yeah, like whenever it was convenient. If there was a couple of days off in between. You yeah. Know, it's like not, as a passenger, it's not really that great. That makes sense. You know, if when you're doing it, it's because you've got other stuff to do. You've got meet and greet and... Right, right, There's right. things, you know, you have to, we're talking about other band stuff all day and like all that kind of right. stuff. But if you're just a passenger, it's like there's... You're uh, kind of just waiting around. Just waiting around. And you get, to, I mean, you get to see a kick-ass show every night. True. So that's kind of cool. I had um, Spencer Sutherland on yeah. the show. <laughs> what, did he talk shit? Uh, <laughs> no, he only <laughs> talked great things. So he opened for you guys on the tour. I yeah. mean, he said the tour changed his life. Like he said it, he was... It super, literally did. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, he said it set him up to sell out his own headlining tour and like no he was unbelievably grateful and said it was incredible him and i met on a fucking airplane where going where i was uh flying back from philly from my grandmother's funeral this was like 11 years ago dude and i met him on an airplane uh he was like he was a fresh face like blonde tips frosted tips tips? with his manager next to how long ago how long ago was this 11 years ago or oh something. wow like long time long ago, time ago. Oh, wow. he was still living i can't in even imagine what i can't even imagine spencer 11 years ago for he, some reason he wasn't himself yet right he yeah. was he was kind of what we all were at a certain point in our development which was like an amalgamation of what we're trying to be to right. the world right we're not ourselves yet 
Yeah. We're like trying to be something. We're I mean, Blonde identities. Tips just like throws me way off. I know. I know. He hadn't found his swag yet, but. Not that I would put him past it now, but it would be done in a different way. <laughs> it would be done in a different way. You know? Yeah. It'd be like beautiful highlights or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Nah, he, but he, he spoke very highly of you guys and the tour. And I mean, he said it changed his life. So that's pretty powerful. You know, he's one of those guys that um, it was really impressive to see because when you open for somebody, it is what you make of it. You know, sure. if you spend, I mean, he spent all the time um, seeing fans talking to people after, yeah, you know, um, getting a bunch of people together after the show and, and kind of just like shaking hands and giving hugs and taking pictures and, you know, and also besides the fact that he's extremely good looking, very, very talented, yeah. songs are cool, he's got an amazing voice. Crazy voice. And, and, and all those things would be great, but when you add in um, that he's such a good performer, mm. because that's what it's really about, yeah. <clears throat> you know, someone, there's plenty of artists who don't have like crazy voices, but like they're not like doing riffs and runs and all these kind right. of things, but they, they perform. Yeah. You know, even if it's an alternative music, you know, if, if it's all, if it's alt enough, then you better perform like that, yeah. you know, rock and roll and be cool. Yeah. Um, and he, he nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. Yeah. I'm so proud of him for that too. Yeah. I I'm, mean, the fact doing your own tour after, I mean, I know how hard it is to do a small tour like that. Um, yeah. And selling it out is a great look. Yeah. Having any shows sold out is a great look, let alone like, I think mm. it's almost all of them. Yeah. He's almost this point. And by the time it comes up, it'll be all of them for sure. And that's a cool little like leg up. You guys <clears throat> were able to give, first of all, he's great to open for you guys. So it works out for your guys tour, but then it's this cool, like reciprocal. Did he thing. mention how I met him? No. So I guess Logan had known him a little bit and maybe it was the same way. But he uh, works out at this gym in Studio City. Mm -hmm. And um, then I signed up for the gym. And I, Logan and I would typically go together because when he's in L.A., we're like four blocks from each other. So okay. we just, I'll come get you and we'll go. Yep. And Spencer works out in the gym. And there's this guy. And then he like came up to Logan one time and was like, yo, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Oh, good to see you, man. I'm like, hey, I'm Kendall. Nice to meet you. And then I just only saw him at the gym. Until we were on tour together. No way. Yeah. I love it. I <laughs> Until love it. we were on tour together. You know each other as gym bros, and then you're like, hey, Yeah, I mean, he gets in there. He performers. works hard. Yeah, you he's, know? he's pretty shredded. He's pretty shredded. And um, we would talk about it. And then one time when it actually was like happening, like, you know, um, amongst the crew, we were talking about who we're going to have. And then his name came up. And then that was like going through the process. Yeah. I was like, see him at the gym. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk to him, you know, cause I didn't want to, I don't want to give anything away. Maybe right, right, you know, cause right. it's not, even though I'm in the band, it's not just my place to like divulge information about everything. Yeah. Not until and it's I, real. I'm an oversharer. So, um, <laughs> that's something I've been accused of many, many times. Tell me everything. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you literally everything. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about shitting in a hole. It's true. Earlier before we got on this it's podcast. It's true. Before we started, um, Kendall was telling me about uh, driving across the country during the pandemic when things were scary and he didn't want to stop at a rest stop, you know, because of germs. So him <laughs> and his girlfriend digging holes and pooping outside. Yeah, cat, they're called cat holes. Is that what they call them? Cat holes, yeah. Because it's like dig it like a little cat. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Um, we had a really nice, uh, like, 
you beautiful system. green shovel. Yeah, you had a nice shovel. Yeah. It was difficult depending on where you were. For sure. You need ground that you can it's get into. Soft. You need a little privacy, little privacy area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The privacy was fine, but sometimes digging the hole, especially when, you know, if you got to go. Damn. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> very, this is good bonding. Yeah, for yeah. You and Mika. yeah. So anyway, I overshare and I would see him at the gym. And finally, one time I like asked, I was like, if I say something, is it weird if I say something? He's like, no. And then I was like, hey, good. You know, we're going to be seeing you on tour and all that oh, kind I'm of sure stuff. He and was be, it, it was great. It was he's, great. He's good people. Yeah. He was also living it up because they rented a, it's called a bandwagon. So it's basically like an RV that's more converted for touring purposes because okay. there's like multiple bunks. Yeah. But it's a big RV. And when you go in it, it looks like an RV. Yeah. And they were just living that life. You know, it was That's like, fun. it felt like almost famous a little bit. Like I was seeing it from their yeah. side of like the band together in the, in the in kind of beat up. Yeah. Uh, and no offense to Bandwagon. It's a cool company. So, I mean, I don't know. Shout out. Yeah. I don't know. Do I even need to shout them out? Whatever. Bandwagon. Sure. Um, so they were like living that camper life, you know? I love it. Staying up late, I'm sure. And. I, I want to do it at some point. Sharing I never driving reached, and all I that. never reached a music level where a tour was necessary. I stayed in L.A. shows. <laughs> well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, touring is incredibly difficult to get to. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. It's incredibly difficult to get to. And I was even thinking about, like, with Heffron Drive, we haven't made music in a long time, but I was talking to Dustin about that. It's like, let's just make some shit up. You know, let's just have fun and some other time. I mean, I got a long list of things that I need to do, but... Yeah. Like start, I want to get there at some point. Some it could again. be next yeah. year, it could be the year after, I don't know. Yeah. But the one thing that I said is I was like, dude, we're not touring unless there's a reason to. Yeah. Like because touring when you know, there's only so many small rooms and you can, if you go a certain if it's a certain size, you're not it's you're like just losing money hand over fist. Yeah. No, you need to have the demand. Like it needs to be somewhat big enough to afford getting to Chicago. For sure. You know. Yeah. And um, we did that sometimes, and then sometimes it wasn't like that, which was really, really hard to swallow. Yeah. Especially coming from big, big time really rush. big yeah. shows, you know, and then being like, whoa, this is like crazy. Um, so anyway, I was like, yeah, I'm not, if we make music, we'll make music. Yeah. And if something pops, great, we'll go tour. If not, let's just keep making music and it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, when you were, when you were younger, when you were growing up, um, what, what was your like vision for your life and are you living it? Like, what did you want to be? What did you want? Um, the only, I guess I imagined myself in some ways like being a biologist in the Amazon or something like that. Okay. Which I couldn't so be you're further not from. That, huh? I'm not doing that. <laughs> Um, I was always such a big animal guy and like, unlike all my other friends at the time, like I was really into gardening, animals, plants, just like all that kind of stuff. I was kind of a, I just liked uh, mother nature and all that. And I thought it'd be interesting to be like a researcher or something like that. I did not envision, which is funny, I did not envision being in a band. Maybe like in my later teen years, I thought when I was making music, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in a band. You know, yeah. It'd be cool. But, um... I don't know. I think maybe you can relate to this a little bit that, of course, you can relate to it. When you are starting at such a young age, it kind of just feels like what you do. Yeah. It's just what I do. Yeah. You know, 
I'm sure you got asked, oh, your parents put you into this or all that kind of stuff. And for me and for my brothers, it was always like, no. Yeah. It was purely like driven by just an interest to do it. And my parents were cool enough to give it a shot. Right. You know, they Support weren't like, it. you're carrying this family. You need to, you know, yeah. it was no- nothing like that. Yep. Um, but, you know, I started when I was like five. And so even though I had these biology aspirations, you know, being a biologist or I wanted to be like Steve Irwin, really, cool. you know all those aspirations, um, which now I think about it, I could have been on TV, Steve Irwin. Right. Like, just like that. Could have done something like that later. But, uh, no, um, I guess I didn't really envision a lot. I kind of just had always been in entertainment, and I figured at some point maybe if I if I got lucky or tried hard enough that it would work in yeah. a way. Don't know how. Don't know how I, it worked at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know how any of it worked. <laughs> Um, I don't have any advice to give. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't no. have any advice to give about anything because I don't know how it happened. No, that's real. Uh, sometime, like, I mean, forever, uh, I'll get messages from people who ask, like, you know, how do I get into acting? How do I get an agent? How, how, like, how do I break in? And I, I don't know what don't to know. tell anyone. It's like, I don't know, especially now. I mean, back in it, the day, you could have said, hey, find a manager and they'll get you auditions, you know? Yeah, especially now. not now. And even then, it's like, I don't know everyone's path. You enter it differently and it seems impossible. Like there's like an invisible wall that you have to make with connections, the right agent, the right manager, any agent, any manager, someone to get you auditions. I wouldn't even know who to call. To be honest with you. Exactly. Isn't that weird? It it is weird. What's your advice? I don't have any advice. Um, Except do it. Except like find your way and do it. Well, you know, it's like you would, uh, uh, there's probably, well, there's a huge aspect of timing. Huge. You know, I got to give a lot of credit to my, my manager that I had at the time when I booked the show. I really didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do the audition because it was Cause, called Untitled Boy Band Project. And I was not interested. Yep. Uh, because I was thinking I was going to be in rock and roll. Yeah. Because, me, you know. At that time, Kendall and I knew each other. So I had come off Ned's. Um, and we ended up like kind of in a similar friend group, like in our teens, like 15, 16. Yeah. Um, and I partied we, at your house a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And Jesse's. And Jesse's. Um, <laughs> uh, and Kendall and I would like hang out in a similar circle. And like you were always playing guitar and singing covers, Sublime, Dashboard Confessional, yeah. like all the. It's hit- a short yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Third Eye Blind, yeah, I don't know, yeah. all, the, all the hits. Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I always associated you with music, but then I remember when the Untitled Boy Band Project came out. I can't remember if, if I was even allowed to audition because it was a Scott Fellows coming off Ned's. I think I, think I might have been, but I... wouldn't I, be surprised if they were like, yeah, why not? Right, but yeah. I think I had the same feeling as you, which is like, I don't want to do not. a boy band. No. Turns out it's a good thing you did. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I guess in a way I I figured that I would lose all sense of any identity that I had. Mm. And um, in a lot of ways, which I don't think I had a lot of identity. I was just going to say, yeah, you're 17-year-old. But uh, you know you can be really bullheaded at that age. Of course. um, Oh, dude, so stubborn. Think you know everything, which will be something I'll bring up many times in this podcast. (laughs) I'm not sure there's an age where you do. Yeah. Um, And... I ended up retaining that, whether it was by accident or whatever, or maybe the way Scott had written it, 
um, I kind of maintained sort of like the not boy band guy right. role right. in it. And um, even now performing, I mean, I think I always, I'm sort of like, if there's a spectrum in the band, I'm like the rock spectrum. Yeah. You know, and then over here we have like a very pop guy. And then Carlos is very musical theater and he'll admit that. He loves musical theater. Yeah. So his performing is amazing, you know. Yeah. And James has always been in performing art schools and he's like very technical and detailed and all that kind of mm. stuff. So we have like this. Got a little spectrum. Yeah, we have a great spectrum. Um, for the band, it really worked out. But yeah, like I was saying, my manager said, just go, come on. You know, I don't know if you ever met David Eisenberg back in the day. I don't think so. But uh, shout out David Eisenberg. He was an excellent manager, but he... He was like, just go, you know, give it a shot. And I was like, ah, shit, okay, you know. And then I got a call back, then didn't hear anything. So I thought that was over. And then I got another, like, another audition again, like six months later, which I had a broken uh, hand, and I was in a cast. I don't know if you remember when I was in a cast. Vaguely, yeah. But, I mean, the real story of it is... Um, and now I'm... Th- you know, when I was younger, I used to be embarrassed by the story, but now I'm 32, I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> My dad was really angry at me when I came home and I was smoking weed and there was this big family discussion going on (laughs) and uh, he was like, he was like, where were you? And I'm, of course, I'm like, cross-eyed. And I I remember saying, I don't want to do this family conversation right now. Like, I was like, I'm not into it. Um, And he was like, must be nice smoking weed all the time at 18 and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Fuck you. you know? And I ran into the room and I punched the wall. Broke my hand. Angsty. Angsty. One time. Angsty kid. One time. Guys, I am like the calmest. I'm not that guy. Yeah. But angsty teenager Kendall one time punched the wall and broke his hand. Wow. I didn't even get through it, which was really oh, that's a bummer. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> I hit a stud. Oh, wow. So just so cracked you, it. Yeah, that's perfect. Anyway, circling back to the, <laughs> to the audition. Then you're in an audition with a broken hand. You know, and I'm like they're like sing a songs so i'm like singing fallout boy you know like this with my cast on uh and then i got another call back and then um then it was like another long wait six months or so i don't know wow four months it was yeah. just like it took forever yeah, long waiting know? and then i had network and then they did like a boy band boot camp which was like th- three days of Learn some choreography. Learn choreography sing for a coach sing, act for an acting coach um yeah. which i know and i'm just gonna kill me because I am blanking on the acting coach's name, but you would know her. Um, she like did a lot of Nick stuff all the time. Kaylee something? She might have even been like, sometimes she was like the coach on set. Mm. Did you guys ever have one? No, we we had Scott Fellows. Yeah, he that's just, good enough. He just gave us line readings. <laughs> He's too much already. Um, <laughs> but He just told us how he wanted it, Seth. Like one little memory that always sticks out and it's so stupid, but it's just like I remember doing the scene and it was like talking about something, you know, like the line was like, you know, how we were back in Minnesota or whatever. And I was like, how we were back in Minnesota. And she goes, where are you pointing to? And I was like, I don't know, Minnesota. Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. She's like, you don't need don't, to do that. You don't have to point to anything. We get it. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, that's actually surprising how simple, simple that is. So anyway, I failed the dancing part. <laughs> I passed the dance. I passed the singing part. Yep. Again, I sang Fall no Out Boy. I think I yeah. sang, which again, it was a surprise for me, by the way, because it's not like I was one of those kids who grew up in choir or sang a lot. I know. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, but hearing how much you would sing like when we were hanging, it's like, that doesn't surprise me. You passed the singing. 
God bless. That's um, right. That's right. And and I passed the acting thing. I was like, if I don't pass the acting thing, this is stupid. What have I been doing my whole life? Yeah. Um, at least a little bit. Exactly. You know? And then I booked a show, and it was um, just kind of a wild. I mean, it's just trippy even thinking about that. You know, when you go to the set every day and all that. I know how, how much it is becomes, a huge part of your life. Oh, it becomes a. It becomes the driving thing in your life. Yeah, and it was funny at like eighteen, like coming back at. Um, you know, nine o'clock at night and tell them, you know, walking in and seeing my family being like, is there any food? And this is like, yeah, there's some food left over and the, have some food and then go to bed. Yeah. And then wake Get up, up and at six do it again. and do it again, which again, that's like any job, but uh, you know, coming from, I never really had a job. So that was like, yeah. And then to, I mean, working on set is, I mean, it's the best. I love it so much. Yeah. It's super fun, but it is that's a it lot. Takes your ener- it's a lot. Yeah. It's 12 hours of like all your energy. I always feel like I have to be really conscious about, I don't ever want to sound like I'm complaining when I talk yeah. about being in a band or, yeah. you know, having to do this or whatever. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't negate the fact that some things are difficult. And by yeah. the way, I think for a lot of people, even standing on stage would be an impossibility, you know? So it's like, there's a little, it takes some gumption. Yeah. It takes energy. Yeah. I mean, when you got to get be off, there. you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, so you booked Big Time Rush at 18? Yeah. Cool. So the, getting to actually feel like an adult has been a process in my life. I mean, like to actually feel like, I think at 18 I was calling myself a grown ass man, but that's hilarious. I was a baby boy. And then at 25, I, I started to feel more adult. I started to feel kind of the healthy responsibility of that time and, and starting to feel like I had the capacity to hold it. Um, but then really it was like turning 30, 31 that I'm like, Oh, this is adulthood. This is, is it, (laughs) is it? I I think it's constantly happening. You're constantly maturing. I don't think there's a a finality to it, but I do feel I am in the adult phase of my life for real now. Right. And it took a lot of different shit happening um what what were some like notable points for you where you felt oh i'm i'm a i'm an adult now um really started happening just recently (laughs) yeah i get it you know that's what i said last two years um when i was so those kind of similar this ages let's just go with those um 18 you know, first of all, there's a little bit of arrogance that comes up because you're like making money at 18 mm. and not arrogant like, hey, I got money. You know, just like I've got it all under control. Yeah, I got this. I got it. Checks coming in. No idea how to manage any of that. You know, I've, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't change anything. But like, if I, I, you know, would you give your young self some advice? I'd say, oh, my God, invest. Do, you know, when you're making money, like I think I, this might be a little bit more of a curse of um it's definitely a curse of growing up, but I think even more so of being in entertainment because there's not a lot of thought into a lot of musicians I know are shit. I'll die making music. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, I'll go do this forever. I'll go to zero and beyond Yeah, to do it. And I think actors feel like and musicians feel like that a lot of times, like this is it. It's, yeah. either, it's, it's, it's make it big or die trying, you know, yeah. whatever. And I just, was never of the mindset of like securing my future later. Yeah. You know, cause I don't even think you even think about getting old. Yeah. 
Not at 18. What's that going to be like? Yeah. And I still feel super young. I am super young. You know, whenever you talk to someone, a lot of older people still call you a baby at 32, which For is sure. hilarious. But I'm like, I mean, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like super, like, I'm just figuring it all out. But 18, I didn't know shit. Yep. And I was just trying to do this show, you know, just showing up and doing it and trying your best. And we made a lot of funny stuff. I think we did really well. Yeah. And then all the way through the touring. And I mean, it's like not realistic. Yeah. Thinking that it'll go forever. Well, not just that, but it's not realistic. It's not a good place for an 18 year old to develop Mm. his mentality when you're staying at the Four Seasons Mm. and um, flying we didn't really fly private, but a couple times, but, you know, always flying first class, having that paid for, mm. um, because that was like Nick and Sony's responsibility, having them pay for that, which ended up, we pay for it anyway, but yeah, yeah. you know, it comes back around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, spending money on clothes and having a nice car. I mean, it's like, why shouldn't I have a nice car at 18, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And now I look back on that and just is like so insignificant and it didn't matter at all. Mm. You know, I mean, I drive a Subaru now and I'm so happy with it. <laughs> Dude, I still drive the only car I've ever had. Got it at 17. You know Scion what I mean? TC. It's just like, <laughs> I think the whole mentality that maybe is the getting older part that I have noticed is the being more frugal. I mean, that doesn't happen to everybody, but yeah. at least it happened for me. And that was a byproduct of not having as much money as I used to have. For sure. You know, so eventually you either... You either got to like make some cuts yeah, yeah, yeah. or you're really going to go to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will tell you that that was definitely not, I was like, I definitely don't want to go to zero. Yeah. You I know, went to zero. I would, I, you did? Went yeah. to zero at 25. It's like, I would leave. I would leave I, before I I I was the living way. the lifestyle I had always been living, which wasn't extravagant. It yeah, was just Yeah, because you were making free. money, but it wasn't like, I mean, people should understand this, by the way. When you're on a TV show, on Nickelodeon. On Nickelodeon. And you're 15 or 18 or yeah. whatever. You're making money, but you're not making lifetime money. Yeah, you're not making money that lasts forever. So it, sometimes, in a lot of cases, it, it, myself included, sometimes it doesn't even last 10 years. Right. And people think it's, you Same. know, like, if you want a million-dollar lottery, it's, okay, well, you're still going to have your job. Yep. You're not, going, you're not going anywhere. Yep. You might be able to put a down payment on a house. and yep. You can make, if you make some right investments. If you make cool, the right investments. That's, and not, you, that's not quit your job. But if money. you make a million dollars and then you don't make anything after that. Yeah. That just that lasts you how many years? Yeah. yeah. Especially when you live a little bit elevated lifestyle. And again, I don't think either of us were. I wasn't extravagant, but no. it was free. It was like I could, I could, yeah, I was living a certain lifestyle. You wouldn't lifestyle. think about going to a dinner. You just would go yes, to a dinner. Yeah. Exactly. And then I went to zero because checks stopped coming in and I kept, I didn't adjust my, my lifestyle because I was like, no, I'm going to book. I'm gonna Were book. you in the process of adjusting the lifestyle as that happened or what did it, or was it like, oh shit. And then I was sort of in the process of adjusting the lifestyle and then it was like, oh shit, I'm at zero. Zero, 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 zero. Yeah. I mean, frightening. I'm not gonna lie. I got pretty close. Yeah. And, um, there's been so many, I don't know. It's like by the seat of my pants. My brother always says, uh, jelly side up. He, he thinks that I land jelly side up. <laughs> wait, wait, explain that to me. So what? it's like, jelly if you drop your toast, up. if you drop your toast, you don't want it to land jelly side no. down. Cause it's going to get, Oh, jelly side up. You get lucky. Your yeah. jelly is not on the floor. Right. I got it. So you're, you're getting lucky. You're landing and jelly side up. I've I, never heard that. I like that. And I don't know. Maybe it's lucky, but also maybe it's a mentality thing. Yeah. Um, there, there's a little short story where the one time I've ever had an astrological reading, it was with Tara Strong's 
uh, mom. Okay. Susan Strong. And she uh, was, is, at, I think, still is like a renowned uh, astrologer. Astro- astro- astrological medium. I don't okay. know what you'd call it. Okay. And she said quite a few things. It was on my 23rd birthday. Um, and my ass is getting numb. Sorry. <laughs> um, it was on my 23rd birthday. And she mentioned a couple of things that I, I think one of the things she said about love was that that Mika was coming, even though I didn't know that that's what that was at the time. Mm. I, I can look back and be like, oh, well, that makes sense. Mm. Um, I thought I had my sunglasses on. <laughs> For the second I was feeling it like this, I was like... You felt a little tickle? Oh, I felt a little tickle. Um, that was me. Can you imagine me sitting here with my sunglasses on the entire time? Yeah, you could do it. I think Keith, so. my homie, wore his sunglasses just on the pod the whole Oh, time, good. So that's you fine. Could, you could live that life. I thought about it. You could be a rock star. Driving over here, I was like, maybe I'll just wear my sunglasses. Yeah, you could be that cool. Um, so she said something about love, and I equated that later on to Mika. But one thing she said, and I know it sounds kooky and stupid, whatever, but she mentioned something about, you know, she was like, the next few years of your life, everything is going to change. The way you make money is going to change. And I thought that was like, oh, I'll just make money in a different way. It turns out it was like, you'll make less of it or mm-hmm. none. Um, she, like she's, But she said something like, but don't, and again, she's got all the info written out, you know, she goes, but don't like worry about money. Like don't stress, not to not stress because we all stress about money, but don't like count yourself out because it'll come again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sort of like it comes in waves and don't stress out when it's a low part. Yeah. Just like keep the faith. You're not going to, my astrology reading is telling me that you're not going to have to worry about it. Right. You know, and now of course I worry about it still because I'm thinking about, well, I want to make sure that that's set up like for when I'm, you know, retiring, but there's no such thing as retiring. I don't think in entertainment, but I mean, what would, what would I retire to do? Right. You know, woodworking or something like that. Yeah. You could do um, it. which I would want to do anyway right now. Um, but I kind of took it to heart and I know it sounds silly cause it's like, you could say that to anybody, just don't worry about money. And then they go, Oh, now I got nothing. So <laughs> I'm a little worried. Um, but I don't know. I kind of just believed it. And maybe it was that little bit of extra, um, faith. Yeah. That like, if I just stayed positive, yeah, that it would be okay. Yeah. You know, and through all of it, even though I was very, very stressed, quite a number of times and for many years I kept the faith that that it would be okay in the end even if I had to go do something else I knew like you know well I didn't go to college but I know I can do anything yeah you know and if anything and being in entertainment kind of taught me that, that you can do anything if you put your mind to it yeah so I just kept the faith and um, now I'm just trying to rely less on faith. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You've had the faith. I've had the now faith. now you're trying to have the And the, literal. Faith, the faith worked. Yes. And so now I'm trying to not rely on the faith. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to rely on the actual. Yeah, on the actual make investments. Smart. In- investment sounds funny. It's like literally just, like just set up your retirement. Right. So that you at least have money when you get older. You right. To, you know. Start saving. You know, we don't need to go. This isn't like a financial podcast, but like, you know, it no, doubles it, it, it doubles every seven years. You know, if you just look it up, it's pretty basic. If you can contribute anything to a retirement account, please, please, please do it. I know you're probably sitting here watching this. Maybe you're 21 years old and you're thinking retirement account. That's and why is he talking about that? Just invest in a retirement account, even a thousand dollars or 
50 bucks a month or whatever. Just start. Very important. Finances comes up a lot on this podcast because, I mean, we are talking about growing up. We are talking about adulthood. And that's when you start to feel finances like finances are a part. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. When you really start like looking at your money, how am I going to make more of it? How am I going to have it in Later. the future? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a part of taking on the responsibility of adulthood. And again, I think a big part of the entertainment aspect of it is because it's just inconsistent. Oh, yeah. If you had a job. Yeah, you would just. Like, let's say you were working. I mean, I know you. You'd always have a cool job. But let's say you were working at, I don't know. I just the only thing that pops in my head is Google. Maybe because it's such a big company. But anyway, you're working at Google somewhere. But you're not like the Google exec. You're just, you're like, you have a good job at Google. Yeah. Um, If you work hard and you do it right, you will continue to work at Google and you'll constantly make money and it won't be like acting money where when it really comes in, it comes in big, you know, and then it, then it doesn't at all for years. Yeah. It'll be different. So I think because we're in entertainment and money is episodic, um, uh, it's important to try to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, I invested heavily in myself. Yeah. Yeah, gear. Which doesn't have returns. Gear, studio, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lessons, yeah. for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. And food. Food's food. a big one. Yeah, lots of food. That's what I spent most of my money on. Food. Food's food. a big one. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we like good, you know, good food. I like food. good food. And yeah. then buy my friends meals and drinks. Because why not? Because I had it. Yeah. I used to like. And I did. I used to pay Dustin to go to movies with me. Not what? like actually pay him, but I'd be like, he'd be like, so dude, sad, he'd be dude. like, dude, I can't, I can't go because oh, yeah. I don't have the money. Oh, yeah. Dustin and was, I would just Dustin like was broke. Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> broke, You're like, broke. I got you. Yeah. Dustin was broke. broke. By the way, I was broke too. It's not like I had, you know, I ended up going broke <laughs> you because could of that. an extra ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting too, <laughs> is that, um, talking about waves, I had Coogan money when I turned, uh, 18 yep. and I want to say it was $25,000 or something like okay. that. I didn't really have any other, I mean, maybe I had like a thousand bucks in a bank account or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got that and immediately blew it. Wow. Like, wow. I probably ran through all that money in six months. That's reckless. That's <laughs> yeah. reckless, bro. Yeah. And I didn't have a job. Yeah. So. That's reckless. On so, what? Uh, just weed. And, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, paying for dinners and buying guitars and yep. I, I mean, I did buy a lot of stuff for myself. Yeah. For, but um, oh, 25, 25 grand can go real like quick. That. And right when I was like about at zero and I was like, oh my God, I actually have to get a job because I forgot I'm 18. <laughs> You know, I forgot I'm an actual adult. And then did you luckily like book big time? And right I then? luckily booked it right then. Wow. Yeah. Right at the precipice of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go get jobs when I got to zero at 25 and it actually was that good, deeper reminder for me of something you said, which is, oh, I could succeed at any job that I get. Yeah. Like anywhere. You're a good I, person and you work hard. Yeah. Have work ethic. I, I pay attention and like. I can figure out what the success of that space looks like. And and that was a good reminder because as acting roles started to, as I started to book less and less and that dream felt further and farther away, it got scary because it's like, this is all I want to do. This is all I do. I need this to work. Um, 
then when I needed to just go figure out money, it was a nice reminder of, oh, it's not so dire. I want to act. I, I choose to keep pursuing it. But if I had to go find another career, I could succeed. Yeah. I could go find something. And by the way, you know, maybe the first swing at it isn't like, that's not like the one, the yeah. job. But there's a number of things I'd be happy doing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, same, not, to be honest. I'm not, and again, I think it sounds so, when people talk about like that they, they're from somewhere else and they dream of doing this and they would, they'd give their left arm for it. You yeah. Know, they'd do anything. And there's a part of me now after being in it for so long, it's like I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because now I don't want to do just anything. I want to do something that makes me happy more than makes me a ton of money. Yeah. I don't want to go broke, that's for sure. But, but that comes with the experience of having done it and having found your way into it already. You know? Right, right. Because I'm the same. I won't do anything. I mean, look, I could make an OnlyFans. Brother, brother, I thought about it. I thought about it. Seriously. I would pay a lot of money to see your dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some other people would too. Yeah. And I almost cashed in, bro. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I'm, look, it's not a terrible, like, no, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with it. No. I'm it just is, saying. It is a way to take your life into your own hands. Yeah. And your dick. <laughs> in your own hands. Yeah. Just in public now. Yeah. Dude, I, I really debated it because, man, money's a thing. And I was like, do I just want to cash in? Money on is a thing. And I think the more that technology advances and there's different ways to make money, the more we see how much of a thing money is because it, people will do just about anything. And again, not shitting on OnlyFans, whatever. People, uh, hey, that industry has been around without cameras for hundreds of thousands of years in one way or another. And often not in the person's own hands. Yes. That's what's... So I'm it's like, empowering <laughs> and it's great and all that. But uh, where were we going with that? I was going to say, we just got to talk about OnlyFans. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you. <laughs> Go on. Speaking of dicks and hands. It's average size. Um, oh, <laughs> good. Aren't we all? Uh, um, when you were looking for a job job. Yeah. Did you find it difficult because of not having a traditional resume? Like an actual, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, not an yeah, acting yeah. resume. Yeah, but, but like, like an actual, here is my experience in life resume. Yeah. Um, yes and no, because the jobs I went to were like, I worked the front desk at Equinox and then... Um, but did, did they still need in certain information or was it like, he seems cool and... My girlfriend was working there at the time. Okay, so, so that helps. I was able to like go and just meet them as a person and be like, hey, I got this. Um, and then the other job I got was through another like personal connection. Friends of mine own a shop and I was able to meet with them and say like, hey. Isn't that nice though, at least that there's that like, because that's one thing I thought about was, I mean, if it all ended, you know, and I yeah. had to get a job. Your, your resume would be blank Nothing, I have zero, acting. nothing on my yeah, resume. Yeah. I cleaned out, I, I cleaned up shit at my dad's uh, senior care home. There you go. That's the only experience I had. There you go. But it was pretty brutal, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but I just was thinking about that because it's like, well, what would you do, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I have an interesting thing that, you know, Kevin is working in Maryland now. Yeah. And he's working Kevin as, like, is, basically uh, Kendall's brother. my brother. Um, he's basically the director of communications for the whole county. There, he didn't have a resume. Right, because he acted always, too. It's always just been in entertainment. And I think maybe it was beneficial that this was... By the way, I mean, every county in the country has a person, or 
should have a person like that. that. Yeah. Every, every county has a director of communications. So yeah. it's essentially someone who understands how to use equipment, can edit together, create a narrative for whatever the, uh, the you places, know, we've yeah. got this thing happening in the county and we yeah. need it to be shown on the whatever. He's now created an entire broadcast channel and building and, you know, done multi-million dollar renovation of a building for the county as the head of it and all this stuff without any, like, shout out Calvert County. I was going to say they're going to be like, he had no experience whatsoever. No. Uh, <laughs> Kevin lied What I'm to saying us. is, is that he had a ton of experience, but it was in a different way. Yeah. It wasn't, a tr- you couldn't say, oh, well, I worked for whatever county back in 2009 and I worked for yeah. this uh, local municipality back in, it was like, yeah. I've been a director and an actor and I've created things from nothing. Yeah. And I can do that for you guys too. And he's loving life. I love he's that for him. got a sick job. Yeah. You know, he's out of LA. Does well, bought a home. Amazing. You know, so it's uh, it's something that it gave me a lot of faith too. That oh, you know what? Like, there are there are options. There's other options and yeah. like cool ones. That's a cool job. Yeah. You know, he lives in a small town. It's different from growing up out here, but it's small town great. small town is it's dope. Yeah, it has a whole other greatness. Great to it. antique shop. He's right on Chesapeake Bay, and there's a <laughs> coffee place and a little grocery store, and it's like it's nice. Yeah, we got options if uh, all this goes... We got options. Goes, and it's just goes to say your community was strong that when you were looking, there was... There were places to go. You know, it's like go. people to be like, gotcha. Yeah, there were you places know? to go. Although it was, it, was so, it was such good learning. I mean, I like you said earlier, like it, an 18-year-old just having money and work and being flown around is not a great place to develop. And I have reflected on that over the years that like... I didn't get what I wanted in my career in my 20s. And instead, it kept going down and down and down. And then I was working these jobs that weren't what I wanted to do. But, but that was, even though at the end of it, I was like, I want to, like, I was more clear on, I want to act. I want to make music. Like, I want to create. That is what I want to do with my life. But it was a great place to develop my character. Right. was not being where I was when I was on Ned's, getting flown first class by Nickelodeon, opportunities and trips around the world, and, like, uh, all these, like, options and, and money and whatever, people giving you attention. It, that is not a great place for a young person to develop who they are. Not at all. And I get why so many uh, people who hit major fame young have issues. Well, I only really thought about that after going to therapy. That was another big step of becoming an adult. Was, when? Uh, 26? Cool. 20, no, 27, 28? Cool. I don't know. Cool. It was quite a few years ago. Now. Yeah. And I haven't gone a lot recently, but I, it goes to show that it really, really helped. Um, it was understanding that the pressure I put on myself for not being where I want to be and for not having figured out things along the way, that way that I now, when in hindsight, would have done, um, it took her saying like, you know, you didn't grow up in a normal way, you know that, right? And I was like, well, no, I mean, it, I, my childhood was fine. Like, I had lots of friends, and I went, I did, I didn't go to school, but I had school, and you know, and yeah. I was, you know, she goes, Kendall, you were, uh, you were six years old, like auditioning in front of people and you were homeschooled and yeah, you had friends, but they were all in the business and 
everyone was going through the same thing. And so it wasn't a good, you didn't have a barometer of other people outside of that. Yeah. You didn't have like friends outside of acting friends. Right. And, um, she's like, it just was a really weird way to grow up and you shouldn't beat yourself up so much for not having it all figured out. Like that's not normal. Normally you go to, and not that I'm saying that this is like the normal and best way to do it. Like go to high school and go to college and then, and then, kind of struggle that's a way that's that's a way you know there's many ways to grow up and in those times you're also struggling you're in school you're probably maybe partying a bit and maybe not focused enough or maybe you're not maybe you don't have any friends like there's all these different you know struggles people go through Mm -hmm. but it took her kind of telling me like what are you talking about like yeah that wasn't yeah that wasn't normal like don't beat yourself up you're doing pretty well you know, like you've got a good head on your shoulders and you're, you're a nice person. And what led to you going to therapy? Like what for the first time? Because I know that's a thing. Like I, I've gone to therapy and it's been so helpful. But like getting there that first time, like what led to you seeking it out? Yeah, that was different because um, I had never. I mean, when I was a kid, I went to a little therapy, uh, but that was different. That was like childhood anxiety or whatever. Yeah. I think I, um, I just felt the crushing weight of it all, I mm. think. And I was also parting ways with having financial ties or not just that because it's not just that, but there were like, yeah, my family was helping me out and I hadn't ever really gotten a chance to develop who I was because mm. not to any fault of them, but because I was having everyone handle my shit. Yep. Through, all throughout the, my dad took maybe, I don't know if this is illegal to say, but my dad took a driving test that I was required to do because I got a speeding ticket. My dad took it for me. <laughs> Because I was busy. <laughs> Is that illegal? I don't know. Probably, well, he passed with flying colors, so <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, but like you know, I didn't see, I didn't handle any of the business stuff. Yeah. Um, I would just sign up for things with my credit card on my phone. Wow. And then you know, like all various things, like yeah. you know, signing up for this service or this service or yeah. whatever, and. I got meal deliveries now or whatever it is. And um, I just never handled it. Didn't think at all about investing. Didn't think, you know, and um, I just was feeling like depressed, I guess. I hadn't really ever felt the, I guess everyone's got a different interpretation of what that feels like. But uh, I was feeling very, very low. And Mika encouraged me to go to therapy and actually found, she's so sweet. She made me a list of people that she thought, just from either their photo or information about them would be great. And I called one woman who was like, picked up and she was like, absolutely. Yes. Oh, Kendall, you know, it would be really great to see you and God bless her. And I set an appointment because that was the, I was like, well, shit, that's the first call. I'll make an appointment. And then I talked to the second girl and uh, woman and she said, uh, you know, I'm talking to her. She goes, wow, that seems like a lot. Like, I would love to see you if you want to chat about it. And I was like, that feels better. Yeah, this feels better. Then, oh, Kendall. <laughs> yeah, just like very like yeah. this. And, and I was like, I'm just not into it. And she was much more of a straight shooter. Yeah, and that's what's up. Um, I actually, I was like, is it rude for me to cancel on the first? And she goes, no, cancel. What are you talking about? Cancel. It's your life. Like, Great. Exactly. It's your life. Do what you want. Don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Like, do what you need to do. And so, yeah, we had a, a couple, probably a year and a half, two years of really digging into it. And, you know, there was times I would go in and this is an important thing to note about therapies. There's times where you go in and you feel like, well, I don't have anything to talk about today. I feel good today. Uh, something always comes up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something always comes Just start up. Start where you're at. 
for sure I've had those sessions where I'm like, how you feel? I feel good I today. Know, I feel good. Is there anything that has been bothering you at all? And you're like, you well, go, I mean, well, there's this one thing. <laughs> my friend like did this, like he didn't text me back or whatever it was. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I just have a problem with people like not like support. It can go. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're fucking <laughs> crying about <laughs> oh, something God. with yeah. your family. <laughs> it's a big relief. Um, and that was another, that was the big step up. I was going to say as far as the phases go, when I felt like I really gained something was, it was like 25 or 26. Or I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I was like ne- next level up in adulthood because therapy. I went to therapy. Taking care of your. Big one was big one. And I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, duh, Kendall, this, everyone knows this. But I had never thought about the concept of compare equals despair. Mm. If you compare yourself to others who are doing very, very well, mm. it doesn't help you at all. It only hurts you. Yeah. Like, how on earth is it going to help you? Yeah. If you go, so-and-so is doing so well. Yeah. Like, why am I not doing well? You know, like... Oh, a huge chunk of my depression the last X amount of years came from comparison, but it's like... I grew up with you. I grew up with a certain generation of entertainers, mm-hmm. and I had some success that I had. And then in my twenties, I'm like looking over at all these kids I grew up with, with way more success Popping, than I got yeah. to. And it was despair. It was. I tried not to compare, but the more I wasn't having the success that I wanted, and the more I was looking over and seeing it in everyone else is pain is pain every time well you know some people would say oh that feeling that that drives me motherfucker yeah yeah uh guess what it doesn't (laughs) yeah not really it doesn't what drives yeah exactly it doesn't doesn't drive you as much as just like feeling stoked about what you want to create and what you want right it doesn't drive you as much as just the saying is not journey the saying is not compare equals despair sometimes yeah yeah it's compare equals despair period end of story yeah that's it yeah. It just doesn't help to compare yourself to anybody because everyone's life circumstances are different. Exactly. And some you can't pe- take some part of their life without taking all of it. And it's also important to remember when you do see people who are so successful. Um, I got a couple things to say about this, one of which might be just like, that's crazy. Um, people are so successful, but you don't know what's going on in their life. You know, yep. they could have all sorts of shit going on. Personal whatever. shit. Personal yeah. shit. Um, could have had a relative that died or whatever, you know, could be dealing with depression with completely unrelated to success or could have had some trauma as a kid or whatever. Um, The other thing that I started, this like the flip side of it that I started reminding myself is when you would see someone, and this is typically if you see someone who, I don't think about this when I meet someone and they're like super cool. I do think about this when I meet someone and they're like kind of like, kind of a dick or just like, no, I don't have time to talk to you or I'm too popular or whatever. I always think about they look so good. I look at them. They're beautiful right now. They're like, they got all dolled up and they look great. And this morning they were taking a huge shit. Excellent. Like if they have good bowel health. Excellent. You know what I mean? It's what I have to remind myself. Like you'll see like some celebrity and they're like too cool for school, you know, and you like tried to, you know, talk to them or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, comes up on occasion. Yep. And I'm like, ooh, I get that little sting of like, damn, that hurts a little bit. I feel like. You know, that's kind of rude. And then I think, oh, wait, no, this morning they were like, you know. Yeah, this morning they were vulnerable. Yeah. They were having, you, having a poop. You are were. never more vulnerable than when you're taking a poop. Absolutely. And it's just good to remind yourself that everybody poops. Everybody poops. No right? matter how cool they, it's like, I know you like to think your shit don't stink, but roses really smell Not like only poop. poops, but, you know, sometimes like 
they're like wiping and they're like, man, why am I still wiping? You know, like yeah. they're that vulnerable. Or it gets on their finger because the oh, because the because it, cause it, it either, tore. Yeah, 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 it tore or you went on the outside it, a little bit. Oh, exactly. And then they got poop on their finger. And yeah, that happens to all of us. And then look at them on the red carpet, looking so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what I've had to that that helped me with the compare despair thing. Is like, oh yeah, they, they just took they shit. take shit. Yeah, they take shit. <laughs> they take shit. I I love that. That's great. That's great. Advice. We learned it at a young age, but then it comes up later. You know, everybody poops. We learn that at a young age and then now it comes up later and you go oh everybody yeah it's a poops. great way to to level the playing field in your own mind yeah you're not any more special we're than i am humans, we're, we're all humans and we all got to do that mm-hmm. and uh it's extremely vulnerable being in that position we are <laughs> talking about success yeah I, what is your definition at this point in your life of being successful um i feel like uh currently i feel like it could only be better because I already feel so successful. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly be happier. It's everything is a bonus at this point. You know, I'm in love. I'm getting married. I'm not getting married. Like I'm getting married. I'm like, I'm getting married. I'm so happy. Um, I feel like, you know, it's like as far as my partner goes, if I could have her with me for a million years, I would without a doubt. So that's already covered. Um, like I'm making some money now and that's great and everything, but, uh, I don't need it for anything fancy. I don't see success in in any intrinsic or monetary form. Um, I'd like to pay for myself, but other than that, like, um, success is this, I'm happy. Success is like looking forward to the future and planning ahead and like being excited about it. And, you know, people say, Oh, live in the moment. Yeah. Live in the moment, but you can be, if you date, I do so much daydreaming about things that are totally impossible. In fact, things that I've done in the last six months, like outside of the band where the band helped me do it, or mm-hmm. I got, you know, I, I was able to make some money and I was able to do something like two years ago, three, four years ago, I was daydreaming about things and it was so unbelievably out of reach. Mm-hmm. Like Mika what I, and I would talk about, wouldn't it be great if we could do this or, you know, but it, one day, you know, soon it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. And um, it's happened and still happening, and I feel like that's success. Because that, you could say, oh, success would be, if you do very, very well, and you make $100 million or something like that, but like money does not equal success in any way, shape, or form. Money is just money, and I know a lot of really wealthy people who are miserable, and I wouldn't want to live their life at all. Yeah, same. So I just want to like be able to travel a bit, yep. and eat good food, and yep. spend time with my friends, and be in love, and have kids, and all that kind of stuff, that's success in my mind. Awesome. My sister just had a baby yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. Is I'm it your uncle. first first uncle? Yeah. Congratulations. Have, does I, I've, I'm uncle times two now. Kenneth? Kenneth, yeah. Has two? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the the um, Calvary, the recent one, was... Um, what month is it? January. <laughs> <laughs> October. <laughs> nice. October. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. You know, my sister lives in Australia, so it's so difficult cuz she's so far and like I already want to go meet the little nugget. She's in Australia? Yeah, dude. She she moved to Australia like 7 years ago. Wow. You know what? That's like that's that's a big dream. There. That's a big dream too. It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. It's just so far. Um but yeah, my little niece was born Luna yesterday. 
and yesterday. now I'm an uncle and like life has changed. And oh I yeah. I feel it, you know? Well, I can tell you when you do get down and you spend a lot of time that the feeling I got was, um, like I intend to have a very good relationship with my nieces and nephews. Same. I had some great aunts and uncles. Um, I don't have as, like I'm not as connected with them now as I would like to be now. And that's not, oh, that we don't talk. It's just that we never developed that. Yeah. Um, Line of communication. That, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I love my uncles and my aunts and we just don't talk. Yeah. And that's because that was never really established. And I guess it's also because I grew up out here. So yeah. I was separate Far from away. them. Yep. But um, I intend to be very, very uh, present in my nephews and I'm assuming one day nieces' yeah. uh, lives. And um, when you spend time with them, you start, you're like, oh, I can't wait to help him with the hard stuff. Same. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to, I don't know how to feel about this and I, yeah. I'm so scared or whatever. And I did, yeah. hey, let me talk to you. Like, that's the thing I'm really looking forward to. Same. You know, Same. when, because some things you don't ask dad. Yeah. You know, some things you ask your uncle. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing to talk to dad about it or whatever. Yeah. And that's the stuff I'm really excited for. Yeah, me too, man. I, I, I have all, I mean, I have all this life that I live in creativity and in my dreams and with my pursuits and all that. Um, but Vanessa having a baby is like a different kind of like life and love grounding and success. Like my, my mom's a grandmother now, like mm. my dad's a grandfather now. I'm that changes everything now. too. Like <laughs> yeah. my sister's a mother now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just like moved that like, our life is moving forward in that Look way. Look at us now. Yeah. Look Especially now. so much of my life is like in these weird phases of like, am I still a kid? Cause I'm pursuing like yeah. unrealistic things and all that. And like my sister is at least got a husband, <laughs> got a baby. She's holding, she's keeping the family going. Thank God. Cause I'm, I'm nowhere close to having a baby unless it's a fucking oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, there's a lot of movies about that and there's such great, sweet movies. Of, of the oopsie about baby? About the oopsie baby, yeah. yeah, yeah There's yeah. a lot of great movies. But I'm trying that. not to have an oopsie baby. I'm trying to have like a baby baby. Baby you know, baby. That I planned, For real. that I wanted. Um, Me too. So, Me too. Yeah. yeah. And hey, you're closer. We're you're talking about married. I mean, yeah. it's like, there's not like a definitive plan, but no, it's but like, I hey. you are be, talking yeah, about Yeah, of course, yeah. It's coming up. Which is trippy because I'm like, absolutely. And then every time I think about it, I'm like, oh my <gasps> God. Yeah. What are we talking about right now? I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. Before we go, I want to, these, I'm going to ask you some some simple some simple, uh, we're going to call them essentials, and uh, I just want your, your, your quick answer on them, basically. Quick. Is, okay. These are three essentials, okay? Three essential music albums. Um, Radiohead Kid A. Fire. Uh, this is just, and it honestly shows up on my Spotify probably the same. Uh, Eagles, Greatest Hits. Epic. Um. Uh, probably, um, an Incubus album. I'm trying to think of which one. I'm curious if you have to pick one. Uh, Incubus. Morning View. Yeah, yeah. Morning yeah. View. Every time I drive by Morning View Road in Malibu, I'm like, there it they is. Recorded it there. Yeah. Um, tight. Okay. Three essential. Do you read? I'm, yeah, I do, but I don't. I have a, pro- a do problem you have, finishing books. Do you have three? <laughs> do you have three essential books? I asked. I asked my homie Daniel this on the pod, and he goes, "That's the quickest way to make someone look stupid." Yeah, yeah. 
Do you have three essential books? Well, let me preface this life? by saying I read a lot. Cool. Like I read a lot cool, of cool, informational cool. stuff. Yes. I just don't read a lot. I mean, I do read books, but I don't read it. I do have a problem finishing them. Okay. Because I'll get like three quarters of the way through and then I just get distracted and I on. pick up another one. I will say um, Love uh, Animal Farm. That's a really interesting um, um, thought, that book. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's uh, Ray Bradbury? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm reading a few books right now. There's one called uh, by Ezra Miller, or Ezra Klein, sorry. Not Ezra Miller. He doesn't write say, books. <laughs> he wrote a book during all this? Yeah. Ezra, <laughs> <laughs> Ezra Klein is writing a book called Why, I think it's called Why We're Divided. And it's, I'm really interested in politics and stuff yeah. like that too. Um, and not like, I'm not like a crazy Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't comment on stuff. I, I just, I'm observing. Yep. I'm taking it all in. Yep. Um, that's a really crazy book because it's just like, whoa, you know, if anyone's ever interested in that, like why we're, because it feels like we're very divided, you know, or that the, you know, whatever. And it explains a lot. And it's like, whoa, that's kind of trippy. Cool. Um, and then, um, uh, probably Harry Potter book or something like that. That's fair. I have a, I have like five books that I'm like intending to read right now and I'm, yeah. I'm getting to them. Yeah, I'm in the middle. I, I do that. I get in the middle of like multiple. Um, three essential movies. There Will Be Blood. Epic. Great, great movie. Um, comedy, Anchorman. Epic. Or anything in that. In that era. Genre. Yeah, yeah, era. Any Will Ferrell movie, really. There's yeah. a couple bad ones. Yeah. Out there. Um, they're still fun. But they're still fun. And he's just funny. Yeah. Uh, and what else? Probably, um, you know, ones I really like, and this isn't, I'm not saying it's my favorite, but this yeah. is this kind of movie like Oblivion or, uh, like t- the Tom Cruise yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's not my favorite, Kind but I dystopian, love dystopian sci-fi, sci-fi yep. which is why I like, like, um, um, uh, another Ray Bradbury book, uh, 1984 yeah. or like Fahrenheit 451. I yeah. like books like that because it's just. Like, I love zombie movies, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Have you watched The Last of Us yet? I did. I watched it last night. It's fucking good. It's pretty tight. I, I liked it. I don't know the game. I don't either. So I don't know what they're pulling from, but I liked the storytelling. Yeah. Like, mushroom zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fungus zombies. Fungus zombies. Tight. Cool. I like it as a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah, some fucked up two. dreams, though. Did you? watching it. Yeah, really <laughs> fucked up dreams. Um, okay, lastly, three essential... Let's say values, three essential values in your life, cornerstone values. Um, Probably um, there's a certain, there's a certain level of kindness that I think is required. You know, I think it's important to check yourself and yeah, like I say, be a kind person. I don't mean it like that. Be a good, be a good person. Mm. Don't be a dick. You know, yeah. uh, put your grocery cart back, dude. I'm with you. That's so, and it's like that's you. just a sign of who you are. I'm with and you. maybe that's a phase for you. Maybe you're not always going to be like that, but don't be that person. I'm with you. I take you know, and that's just back. like a, it's just a little level it of responsibility. It's just like societal, societal kindness, societal responsibility. Yeah. I don't. I can't tell you the last time I uh, flipped somebody off or cussed somebody out driving yep 
I'm so unbothered by it. It's not even funny. I just don't care. Yep. I'm going to go where I'm going to go, and you're going to go where you're going to go. And we're going to figure it out. And you can flip me off all you want. You can cuss me out, but that sounds like a personal problem to me. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just really unbothered. Yeah. Um, because I'm just trying to live my life. Yeah. So kindness is a big one. Yep. I love that. Uh, kindness is huge. And you that comes in all sorts of different kind. ways. Thank you. Yeah. Um, kindness. Um, I think charitable. And I, I mean, like, I give to charity. Like that and the idea of being a charitable person, helping your friends out, mm. uh, doing something just because and not expecting anything in return. Um, I think that's hard sometimes where you do something for somebody and then you're like, you don't, you're not outwardly expecting something in return, but deep down inside you're kind of are a little bit. (laughs) Um, That's important. Just like, again, that goes to being kind. I guess all these are going to circle around that. I'm down. Um, And the other one is like, I don't know, it's just to stay positive. I really, times get tough. Um, I think, you know, Mika asks me about this all the time or we'll talk about it. She goes, why are you so like calm about it or whatever? And I'm just like, because I don't know when I was a kid, like, um, there was, uh, you know, there was a lot of tension and all that kind of stuff. And I like, you know, my dad is, who's a wonderful person, but he had times where he would admit himself that like maybe he was a little too angry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being like 11 and when he would be like, why, well, why don't you, why aren't you responding to me or whatever? And I would say, cause I don't like being talked to in that tone of voice. Right. Even as a kid, I was like, I don't like that, mm. you know? And so I've always just been kind of like trying to stay positive. Um, I don't, I don't want to yell at people. I don't want to get up in arms about anything. Um, I will defend you if you need defending physical or mental. Yeah. I'll back you up. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to start a fight for you. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when it comes to tough times, I'm always just trying to be like, it's going to get better. Yep. Um, even when you lose somebody or like, you know, I lost my dog. I mean, I've lost my grandparents, of course, and that was a tragedy. But, if, yeah. you know, there's that's awful. But, you know, there's like something different when you really love your dog. That's like a really tough one. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, you just kind of get past it. Um, yeah. Time heals all. Yep. And I also think being negative and having that is not good for your for your body. I think uh, chronic stress causes disease. Yep. So I'm just trying to like I'm trying to coast. Yeah. I'm trying to coast. I'm trying to be nice trying to have fun i'm just trying to live my life yeah you know and i don't i don't have it all figured out at all excellent great thanks for being here how did i do does did i get the part um we'll let you know it might be a couple months yeah just drove down here to culver city to (laughs) (laughs) we got a i got we we all have to talk for a while okay there's a lot of people reading thank you so much for coming in thank you for coming um (laughs) thanks for being here no seriously good job um where do people find you are you on the socials yeah yeah kendall schmidt um twitter still heffron drive for those people who do twitter cool twitter's kind of still fun it's still there's still things pretty tight um it's certainly interesting yeah <laughs> that's why i look at it because it's yeah. interesting um also you find out about information much faster on twitter than that's, anywhere else in that's the world. why that's if why there's it, an earthquake it's on twitter before the earthquake is finished anytime i feel an earthquake i go to twitter and i search earthquake and i just watch you everyone find it. talk about it yeah 
Um, yeah, Instagram, all that stuff. The band, cool. Big Time Rush. Yeah, you know, Kendall Schmidt, Google. Big Time Rush. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. We, we are growing up, my, my We're man. growing up, and I We're love you so much. We're in our 30s. I love you, too. It's great to see you. Good to see you, too. Okay. Come well, over and come in the house next time. Yeah, I can be invited in now. I'd love to. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, see you next week. Thanks for listening to that Onami podcast. Onami is like Ned's Declassified for adulthood. Visit onami.co for free lessons on personal finance, career readiness, personal development, and more, all taught by expert influencers and creators. We've got everything you wish you learned in school so you can thrive in adulthood. That's onami.co. See you there.